Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy Ann Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. Welcome back to Chat Your Own. I'm Candy here with Noodle. Hey, I'm Noodle. Hey, how you doing, Noodle? I'm doing all right. Long week, busy week, lots of week, but uh, here we are at the end of the week, right? So long. Ooh, so boy. long this week that started in March. <laughs> uh, uh, we are here today with uh, Josh Burnell. That's me. Uh, how you doing, Josh? You know, hey, everything's great, you guys. Um, I don't know if you've looked online recently, checked your social medias, maybe like taken four steps uh, outside your door without a mask on, but um, things are going awesome. Really just like cheerful everywhere. Lots of optimism. Everywhere. Optimism everywhere. and a communal spirit is what I found oh, just, a lot of. Just like a sharing, like a, you know, I, I, all I know is that when those celebrities sang Imagine... They thought things were bad then. And you know they what? They had no Thing, idea. As a result of that song, things have changed. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it is kind of funny how, like, Honda keeps telling me that we're all in this together. And yet, uh, you know, no, no matter how many times Wells Fargo says we're going to get through this, I still don't know if people are getting the message. I feel uh, like this is the opposite of having sponsors. Calling out big companies <laughs> pointedly is the opposite of asking them to give us money. So, Josh, the uncommercial. That's the, That was what I came here to do. I came here to ruin Just the profitability of this podcast. Again. <laughs> Okay. God, I'm problematic. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. You guys said something about singing Imagine. I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh, You haven't no. seen this video? Oh. Of the you know celebrities it, that because, sing Imagine? It's because you have stopped looking at the internet in the same way. You've you've I really have. dropped off of the, the Facebook. Mm. It's so It was so bad that like a bunch of people afterwards fired their PR guy and like apologized for participating oh, in it. Really? Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. People were like the, Candace, the quick background bad. is um Gal Gadot got a bunch of celebrity friends together and they all sang Imagine a cappella. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Off but, key. Uh, so much uh, off yeah, key. Will Farrell's on it. I know Kristen Wiig is on it. And they all just sang Imagine and it, it was there were just a lot of people that were like like one too early, two what really like there were just so many ways in which it was tone deaf. Zoe Kravitz, I think, was like I, what, I, I like that. I lost a bet, and so I had to do this. Is basically what it sounded <laughs> and looked like oh her my. contribution was. I, I think John Mayer said he was asked to do it and said no when he realized they weren't joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is in and of itself problematic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't feel bad about missing it. No. It's, it's just going to make you mad. I would skip it. I'm kind of mad now. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, so, no, they're going to have sounds... to link to it, but it's going to make you mad. Someone remind I, me. You know what? Frankly, I hope they took it off the internet. 
I mean, you know, this, I hope someone scrubbed that <laughs> shit yeah. so, out. Gal Gadot is like, look, I have Wonder Woman money. Let's fucking wash the internet. Yeah. But then the interesting response to that, I, don't, I mean, we don't have to go down this road, but I'm also fascinated with how like the John Krasinski thing, the SGN stuff has landed so well. It has not landed yeah. well in anything <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> oh, my mm. gosh. It's, oh, do, it's, do you mean the news of today that he sold it? Oh, no, you, I did not hear that. Oh, no. well, that's the part that didn't end Oh, so, so John Krasinski has <laughs> this, like, fun. really fun, like, cheerful, only good news talk show that's just And then he made and, it like, problematic. <laughs> and this morning, he sold it to CBS Viacom and is no longer the host. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's funny. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> He's no longer the host? That's the whole thing. He sold it, thing, and he right? is... Executive producer, wow. not on air. I mean, who knows? Maybe this was like his passion project and he wanted to put this out forever and he took the opportunity to like show the formula and now he just wants to CBS via. And he seems like such a nice guy. I can't help but be like, no, I think this is just his dream, guys. I think it's actually working out. He found a way to make it work for him. Yeah, I read this article. He'd been trying to like put together this show for like 10 years of only good news. And he literally did it 10 times and was like, cool, I'm done. Not even like four and then sold it. Sold it for, I'm sure, a ton of money. And you know what? Good on you that you're still, like, doing projects. But, like, it's really kind of antithetical to what you were trying to do in your house. There's an argument where, like, two months from now, we're all out of quarantine. Like, he's back shooting Jack Ryan. Like, Emily Blunt is being impossibly perfect. And then, very quietly, he sells SGN. And it comes back with a big splash. And there's a huge, like, pop culture moment where that succeeds. But there's no way for this to not look like... Um, you know, look like you did a good deed just long enough to get the check cashed. Yep. <laughs> Not even going to continue hosting it. it from his house during That's quarantine. Amazing. I mean, so so listening audience, uh, we are talking about again. Everything you love is problematic. Uh, <laughs> this is volume two off the top. <laughs> and uh, it, it turns out, actually, that I, I think what we discussed, what we, the conclusion we came to last time, is that pretty much everything is problematic. It's not just everything you love. If you look hard enough, everything is pretty problematic, which seems gloomy. Uh, but can we get gloomier? We can't. Uh, before we get into it, though, before we get into it, we're going to do, uh, Josh, we're doing something called uh, locking the F down check-in. Oh, fun. Uh, it's, it's give me give me a sentence or so. We're just kind of going to do a quick roundtable of how you doing? How you doing this week? How you doing this month? Uh, give me a sentence or two. Uh, we'll start with you, Josh. How you doing? Uh, not great, Bob. Um, <laughs> not great, Bob. Uh, I mean, in a sentence, um, it's been a week. Uh, I sh- switching jobs immediately before quarantine was not a hot idea. <laughs> it's it's complicated the last two months significantly. Mm. Yeah, I, so you're saying if if you were to give someone advice, it would be don't you know like don't look too purposely maybe do that before you know everything's going to go. If I mean, we know it's going to go, I'm not saying like you know we should all just like. Put ourselves in stasis until this is over because you got to live your life and you know if, if if there's an opportunity to better your circumstances and better yourself like you need to take it 100 you need to take right. it but um 
you know, there's also the concept of like small challenges become bigger challenges when you live on Zoom. Are, are and, you saying little changes, you know, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, well, little. Cha- I mean, this was not a little change, uh, but yes. Uh, so as far as uh, as far as quarantine, yeah, uh, this is this has not been one of the better weeks. But I think that's one of the big lessons I'm learning from this experience is um, there are good weeks and there are bad weeks. And when people say how you doing, I uh, was raised Catholic, so the answer bore, bred into me was good. Fine. Awesome. Good. How are you? Um, But I've stopped saying that. Uh, I kind of just say, you know, uh, you're about to get a you're about to get an answer to that question because you asked. (laughs) I think that's excellent. Uh, Noodle, what's your uh, locking the F down? Check in. Uh, Similarly, work has been a huge new environment this week and I've been in seven and a half hours of meetings every day. Um, but I'm actually, I'm like super grateful for it because beforehand I had a lot of uncertainty about what I was doing. So I, I'm on the op- polar opposite of chaos. Um, but I would say sentence is very, I am very grateful for my backyard. Oh, that's good. That's good. You have a beautiful backyard. Yep. And I like it. I was thinking about your backyard today. I, just, I would recommend it. Um, plus I, uh, I, I started shaving more of my head. So that's how I'm doing. I mean, that's a positive check-in. Yeah. I, I like think. it. I am. Am I, I rubbing am my living. head now? Yep. You are. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you can't God, keep your yes. hand off that thing. Oh, Who could? Yeah, it's uh, it's like when I, when I cut real short in the back and all I want to mm-hmm. do is rub the back of my head. Sure did. Yep. That's, my, that's me. I've been washing my hair a lot. Nice. Ooh. Uh, uh, my, my quick lock of the F down check-in is uh, I've been slightly laid up for uh, 10 days, 11 days now. Um, it's a hot so minute. quite frankly, I don't know what the hell has happened for the last week or so. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean if, it, you know, things have already been so exceptionally blurry. I, I think I said the other day something like, when I think about the last so many weeks, it's just this blur and my computer screen is at the middle of it. Yeah. So, like, I was already blurry and now I've, like, been in bed. So, <laughs> lock in the F down, check in. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ice packs and uh, shrug. Yeah, that's they... My- that's my check-in this week. Jennifer and I, uh, I, I had said, like, I need us to do something this weekend so that on Monday when people say, so what'd you do this weekend? I will have an answer. Don't like, you have need... Monday off because it's Memorial Day? So Tuesday. Okay. Yes. Just, wanted to, sure. just wanted to remind you. But it's like, who, who cares, though? Yeah. Does it matter? I, I have tomorrow know. off. Yeah, yeah, but it's just uh, So do I. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, it, it matters have... a little bit because you don't have to go to the office, but you could be sitting on a lot of really empty calls by accident. Without yeah, knowing. True. And you might Good not point. know all day. <laughs> but like, oh, great. Nobody assigned me anything today. I can do some actual work. <laughs> no, that would be a bummer if you didn't have yeah. to and you were like chugging along for yeah, so many yeah. hours. Right now, that would especially suck. Uh, we are going to get into uh, talking about all the things that make us happy, but also sad. Uh, <laughs> Uh, before we do that, though, we do want to touch on something. Noodle, we have a secret question this week Ooh. also. Um, I'm always ready for a secret question. There might, I think that might be my favorite part of the show is when you ask me a secret question. I said, well, we, we kind of, this is definitely a secret for Josh question. Yes. You and I discussed this a little bit. Um, last time, Josh, we talked about parasocial relationships. And uh, we're wondering how, since, since lockdown, how do we feel about these relationships? Do we feel that they've changed? How have they changed? And... Uh, how is uh, 
does your capacity to talk to strangers on the internet expand as your in-person interactions diminish? Anybody? That's a, That's a toss yeah. up. I mean, one of the foundations of a parasocial relationship is that you're not really talking to them, though. Like, this isn't like the AIM days or whatever, or AIM days where you would like, no. find, Who a, says find a AIM? Good lord. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, <laughs> that that one way communication is still helping fill the gap of the I literally don't have anybody else to talk to. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, I do feel, you know, they're talking to. To us directly. More. more. Definitely. Um, more. Because we're all talking yeah. to each other this way more. I mean, there's even, you know, accounts that it's still a, it's not a, an in-person relationship, whether or not you would consider that, that internet persona or celebrity or not. Um, you know, everybody is just talking out more. So I had, I had my first time where I ever came really close to commenting on a celebrity page the other day. <laughs> Ooh, what was it? Uh, it was Courtney Love, which is funny because we were just talking about Courtney Love on our last episode and how much I love her. And we were talking about her sobriety potentials. Uh, and I oh, was right, like, right. I don't know, everything's kind of a mess. And she, like, posted this really personal thing on her Instagram of her being like, hey, so I haven't been in charge of my Instagram for a really long time. My Essentially, like, my assistant or somebody I was paying has been running my Instagram, and she's putting out shit, and it's because I wasn't paying attention because I was too fucked up on drugs and too drunk and too, like, messed up all the time, and I'm so sorry that you people think that this is, like, what my actual style of communication is and these pictures are terrible and I cannot believe that this person <laughs> I've been paying this person or this person been like sucking money I'm name blah blah and it's just like really deep personal like hey but guys it was, long, it was a while ago right no, she, like she was doing a deep dive yeah 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 she, she went back like through her a last week ago. she went back through her last like five years of Instagram or whatever and was like yeah, everything on yeah. here was terrible and and so on. And I almost posted on this one to be like, I'm so happy to like hear this from you because I have been wondering about the bullshit on your Instagram. But I didn't because she's because we're not friends, you know, <laughs> um, but that's the closest I've ever come to doing it. And it was just the other night and we had just been talking about her and I had a very tender spot in my heart. But I still didn't. Aww. But I'll like I will like celebrity pictures but I don't ever leave comments on them right Josh no no I don't either Josh yeah how how mm-hmm. have, what, what is your opinion on that um I I never I never comment on celebrity photos I don't see the point of it I I always used to say uh friends don't let friends beg for attention in the comments thread of a celebrity's Instagram <laughs> um because you know you could Sarah Bareilles posts a picture of her dog and the eighth comment is, oh my God, I love you so much. Would you check out my song? You changed my life with such and such. It's like, she's not reading that. I also feel like it's putting like an undue pressure on some of these celebrities that are, are actually trying to use this as an opportunity to have a direct connection. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in there. It's very problematic. They don't want to look at your, there's a lot of stuff. stuff. They're not going to look at your pictures. They're not interested in your photographs unless they're Taylor Swift and they're going to send you money in the middle of the pandemic. (laughs) Um, and like a kitten right. and you know but specifically around like the 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 way this may have may or may not have changed during a pandemic yeah i have noticed the same thing you guys are mentioning that that celebrities are a lot more 
active in a lot of these situations. I think they have way more time. <laughs> and I think they're like, you know, these are people who are just feed on validation and they're not getting any of that currently. Like they're not on set. They're not on tour. They're not um, surrounded by agents and managers and people who are dressing them and making them look pretty every day. And so they are looking for ways to kind of to, to tickle that part of their brain. And I mean, we are too, right? Like there's plenty sure. of people posting like the same four photos every every bachelor contestant is like remember when i was in turks and caicos last year here's 18 pictures that i took uh, and they always say like better times or like brighter days or remember when i wore pants you know everybody's <laughs> trying to find a way to like pants. relate to people during this experience um so i it has been interesting to see how different people like deal with that um yeah, I don't know. It's it's the the para, the specifically parasocial aspect of it, though. I mean, personally, I don't find myself reaching to these uh, people for uh, like a, some kind of replaced connection. Like, I'm not going on Instagram and being like, like fill the void that my friends have left. Um, and I personally don't really see that happening. But maybe it's just maybe it's happening for other people, and I'm not really seeing. And I wonder if some of that is because you're in Zoom meetings all day long. That's true. That I don't have like, as much free time is, as a lot of people. And not just that you don't have enough yeah. free time, but you're getting lots of like screen time with yeah. people mm. that you don't need screen time with Instagram. I had a really funny thought that I'm going to say they're not on set, they're on TikTok. <laughs> I feel oh, like that. Yeah, that is a whole other thing. We could oh do a, a totally different episode on TikTok. I don't want to talk we about can. that now. We should Seriously. do another episode on TikTok. Do I want to talk about it now? A lot of oh thoughts. my god, I can't. I can't get into TikTok. Look at me. Yep. If a yep. guy like me downloads TikTok, I go on a list. Did like, you say TikTok? It's inappropriate. <laughs> he, oh, is he, it? Because let's, let's oh, I've definitely downloaded TikTok <laughs> <laughs> right now. That TikTok needs to be a thing. Okay. Okay. So but welcome no, no, to no, the new podcast, TikTok. We're gonna make that work. That's gonna be like. After dark, oh, 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 oh my god, I love it so much. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we are we're we're already we're getting so to we're it. Just, we're getting into it. We've yep. already spoken about so many things that are problematic. <laughs> uh, before we get into the the nitty gritty of it, we are going to start with what you're eating, Noodle. So um, I talked about my slump last time that I was really kind of struggling, and I read a great book for my uh, apocalypse book club because, of course, I'm in an apocalypse book club. Um, called Wool, and I have a complete mental block about the guy's name. It's either Howie Hugh or it's Hugh Howie. It could go either way. We will correct. We will post the correct information. Um, the the book beforehand that we had read, we read The Postman, and it's this like bleh, super misogynistic nonsense. So uh, <laughs> Wool it has a female protagonist, and it's great. Um, it's about a society who lives in a in a silo because the air is poisoned and like kind of how how that society functions and of course like they find out that they've been trapped in the silo like on purpose as opposed to by accident and there's a big conspiracy there's like a lot of things going on but it's great it's it's interesting it's fun uh, it's gripping at times and the version that I read it I read it on my Kindle. Bleh. Um, has a graphic novel element built into it, and it has, like, animated graphic novel portions. So this, while I really enjoyed the story, the the background animation alone is worth the cost of uh, downloading the book. And it's also, like, a self-publishing success story because the guy, oh, that's uh, yeah, he wrote it, 
and it like blew up out of nowhere and he he was like oh shit and then he wrote a whole bunch more he wrote prequels and sequels and like side stories so i mean good for him uh, he and and that book is on all of the like top 20 best apocalypse books lists so it's worth checking out yeah, it's often talked about in um, self-publishing circles and yes. uh, kind of like indie indie writer circles. That and The Martian are yeah. considered yeah. the two yeah. great successes. And, and of they're they're very That's why I recognize the, they're very similar feeling. Um, mm. Having yeah. having read both, oh, uh, seen, but whatever. I'm going to say I read it. I might as well have read <laughs> yeah. The Martian. Um, but uh, I. It's funny because you hear the, the interviews with him, and the question is always, "How did you do it?" <laughs> you know, how did you get there? And it's interesting because it was self-published that as somebody who's read a bajillion books, there are parts where I was like, oh, yeah, this is where your editor would have tightened your shit up. You Like, they are ah. glaring moments of, I yeah. am self-published. Right. Um, which could either be, like, charming and adorable or super irritating. I found it irritating, but I liked the other parts of it enough that it over overrated it. So... Uh, worth a read. The Meg is also a great success of self-publishing. Is that one of the that shark sounds ones? sounds familiar, too. Yeah. That, that's the one of the big one. shark ones, yeah. Yeah, he wrote, like, nine of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, The first right, one right, was incredibly right. successful, and then they made right. the movie, which was a movie. <laughs> well, you, you saw that movie in the theater, didn't you? Yeah, we all saw it together. It was amazing. Wait, oh, you and I. Did. I wasn't. I you wasn't were, there. Yeah, you were. No, with no, us, wait, you? wait. This was this the the Meglet, Meglet You're calling it yeah, the Meg, yeah. but it was. I did absolutely see this movie in the theater. Yeah, I you were sitting right it. next to me. Yeah, yeah no, it was I really super fun. I, it wasn't called the Meg though. It was called a full word Megalodon. Oh no, the movies. The movies called the Meg. Really? Yeah, it was the Meg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. No, I definitely saw this movie in the theater. Because yeah, no, Mike didn't like, have because Mike doesn't like sharks, but I loved it. Right. And I, I have hardcore thalassophobia, and I refuse. Yeah, no. I mean, I want to see it, because I was like, I can do this. It's, it's like fine. But then I'm Tough. Like, mm. No, I was it. into it. Nope. Big girl. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, because I, I, it, it's the same thing. Like, I, I like a suspense movie. I don't like a horror movie, but yeah, I'm in for suspense. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's got, that's a thriller. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Suspenseful cool, cool. to see how many Chinese people he can eat. A lot. I mean, how how big was the shark while well, he was? He was mega big, mega, big. <laughs> mega large. He does eat an entire dock at one point. They have one of those square docks like you have at the at the lake, right? And that, like, he float? just mm-hmm. and it's like covered because it's all set in China because these movies are massive in China. So they were like, screw it, let's just set the movie oh, in yeah. China. And he just eats an entire dock covered with. <laughs> With That's pulse. excellent. Yeah, oh, see, I should see it. Just tell me when to close my eyes, like if it's underwater stuff. It's above water stuff is fine. There's not a lot of above water stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, it's that, largely set on a submarine. I was like, Josh has just told you the scene. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know it was largely set on Fuck that. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Jaws, yes. Submarine, no. And, and, and the other part, the parts that are not on the submarine are in like a deep ocean space station. Like a pod? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's like yeah. no respite. Like a sea lab? No. Yes. Which is, but it's paid for and operated by an Elon Musk, total Elon Musk ripoff that's played by Rain Wilson, which is pretty hilarious. It, yeah. oh, that's it, funny. Is, that. is Elon Musk on anybody's problematic list? Oh, but he is now. Oh, he should be. He yeah, should be. because he should be. Honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, yeah. He is in his entire lightning round. I was just <laughs> talking about that like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's, yeah, let's get, let's do it. Let's get into it. 
Let's let's super get into it. Uh, we are going to list here. Here is everything that we found to be super problematic that we love from the last episode. We're going to try. Not to talk about any of these things again, but I mean, it's, it's probably going to happen. So real quick, real quick. That list is football, Roseanne, slash The Cosby Show, Glitter, Pinkerton, slash Weezer Guy. What's his name? Uh, Rivers, Rivers Cuomo. Cuomo. Thank you. Uh, the Bachelor, slash Bachelorette, The Kardashians, Hamilton, Christmas, Weird Science, Fast Fashion, Michael Jackson, and March Madness. Uh, does anybody have any retractions, any edits? Are we saying anything like things like that we don't find problematic anymore? Uh, no, or, or anything that might have changed. Anything, uh, I mean, like, you know, weird science still problematic. If it comes on TV, though, I'm probably going to watch okay. it. Yeah, that's pretty much the same. Uh, anybody feel differently about fashion than they did a year ago? I will ago, say that two after having this conversation, I've actually, like, even though I don't still watch the... I still don't watch the show. I read a lot more articles about the Kardashians now. Uh, that is so funny. Since this article, or since the episode, I, I'm really, really irritated. About <laughs> well, there you go. We just traded. So there. Yeah. Now, don't get me their don't audience wrong. When range, I catch up on Hulu, their audience I, I didn't change. We just swapped. Uh, but for the most part, just, just still yeah. problematic. No, yeah. I mean... Uh, I remember, I was trying to remember what I had talked about before, and, and then you listed them. And uh, I do remember talking last time about Roseanne and the Cosby Show, and how it was, I, I think, you know, it's kind of like Rosemary's Baby, which is also incredibly problematic. But uh, like so works of art things. that were so formative in my, in my, it, the way I saw the world and the way I wrote and the jokes I told, they were so formative. It was hard to kind of like picture my life without them. Um, and over the last year, since we had that conversation, um, I have like totally excised Roseanne on the Cosby show. And I don't find, feel a great missing limb. Oh, <laughs> like, well done. Right. Right. I, it comes on and I, and I know like after the initial Roseanne, because um, uh, they still, they never stopped running Roseanne. Um, after the right. initial Roseanne kind of scandal when she got her new show canceled, um, I, it, when it would come on, I would still kind of like maybe throw it on in the background, like maybe pay attention. It was just like, it was, it was, it brought back so many good memories and I still thought it was so well written. And then I just stopped doing that and now it comes on and it doesn't even cross my mind. Um, so yeah, I found it a lot easier to vacate than I expected. Well done. I uh, I think I, I have less interest in the term separating the art from the artist in general. Uh, other than that, I think everything else is still pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I still didn't watch football. Uh, right. I certainly haven't bought any new Weezer. Um, I certainly haven't bought any new glitter. Yeah, well, I oh, certainly. Right. I certainly have watched every episode of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette <laughs> and Bachelor Australia and Listen to Your Heart. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> it is problematic it is as fuck. I'm sorry. I just, I I just have got to no ask, apologies. What is Listen to Your Heart? L- okay. In, in, <laughs> in, in three sentences or less. Listen to Your Heart is a pile of garbage, which we are all watching because The Bachelor is on indefinite hiatus because of freaking coronavirus so listen to your heart is the bachelor producers watched uh, a star is born and was like let's just do that so it's a reality show where they take a bunch of single musicians throw them in a house and they're like fall in love and write duets together and if you don't you gotta leave i would watch that 
It is. It is. It is. It's rough. Oh, they no. they do that stupid song, that like shallow song. I hate they that sing song. it like every four minutes. They I cannot hate that song so get enough much. of that dumb song. I uh, song? I I really deeply dislike A Star Is Born. Oh. Um, Oh, that's problematic. I haven't seen the new one. I have never rolled my eyes so hard in my entire life as I did watching that movie. I'd only ever seen the new one. (laughs) I rolled my eyes so hard that I'm pretty sure the person sitting next to me heard them. (laughs) Which is terrible because they were weeping next to me, emotional, and I was like... People loved it. I got in a fight, not a fight, but I was talking to Brian, my friend Brian, in a bar one night about how terrible A Star Was Born was. And this random woman sitting next to us (laughs) said, you're so wrong. I don't even know who you are, but you're so wrong. Oh, my God. That sounds like me if I had worse taste. I would say that to somebody. I disagree with your private conversation, and I want to tell you why. (laughs) You know what? Good for that woman. She's wrong, but good for her. Uh, you know, she stood up for her. Right. We need more of that. I don't. I. You know what? Though right now, I don't think. We're <laughs> well, I mean, we're not in a bar because <laughs> those people are spitting on right. other people at we're, Walmart. We're not in a bar. This. I'm just. Yeah. No. You're. You're correct. You are correct, Candace. Now is not the time to be now jumping in on somebody else's. To find your. Yeah. Your yeah. Hutzpah. I mean, it, yeah. it. It would have been six months ago on things that you're so egregiously wrong about. <laughs> not necessarily you in this instance. I agree right, with you, but right. You know. No, I. Uh, Wow, time is just flying by. <laughs> uh, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to, uh, each one of us has two things that we find, that we love, that is problematic. And we are going to present that thing, explain why it's problematic in two minutes or less, probably probably less. Uh, and then we will have a little bit of a roundtable discussion on that topic. And we will set that timer at five minutes. Uh, who wants to go first? I will it's go first. because I'm doing timers. Okay, I will go first. Go. Which I absolutely did in the last time also. You're like, who wants to go first? And I was like, me. And Josh laughed for five minutes about it. Um, so the thing. It thi- was a great episode. The, it, what, it was um, the best. Uh, I, it was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, the thing that I'm going to lead with as being problematic does need a disclaimer because the act itself is not problematic, it's the societal expectations around it. So I just want to lead with that. The thing that I'm about to say is in no way a statement against people that are doing this. So I want to make that very, very clear. Uh, the thing, uh, yeah, let's make that an overall disclaimer yeah. because I have like the same. Thing okay. Now. <laughs> okay. Okay. The thing that I think is super problematic is uh, the massive number of women that are at home making masks for uh, as PPE. Uh. For people, and the reason it is problematic is because there is because once again it's women's labor, unpaid predominantly that's coming in and like saving the world again, and it's bullshit. And the expectation is that they're making it on their own dime with their own supplies out of their own time, and they're not being paid. And then people are getting mad that they are selling things that it should just be like immediate, give me that, and that it is somehow. Uh, Expected that if you're like a crafty person, then you should make me a mask and it should be free and you should give it to me and don't you care about me enough to blah blah. So, and also like the fact that we're out of PPE and like the government is like, sure, like we'll just let people do this. This is fine, as though that's a substitution for the reality of holy fuck, we don't have the materials and we're in deep shit about it. So, um, the fact that people are doing this is incredibly generous and loving and kind and amazing and incredibly patriotic, patriotic at a level that like patriotism used to mean and and it is it is the absolute war effort 
that that we have not seen in two generations. But it's bullshit that the expectation is on, uh, again, Rosie to the Riveter, unpaid to be fixing it. And I want to say thank you. That was fucking excellent. Thank you to everybody who's out there making masks, and I see you, and I appreciate you, and it's a problem that you're expected to be doing this. Agreed. And... (laughs) <laughs> that, was very, that was very succinct. Yeah, I, I saw my timer. Uh, that was that was great. That was great. Okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna start on five minutes. And Josh, we will uh, start with your opinions, just because you're the guest. And uh, boop. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, absolutely. No, I, it's a hundred percent accurate. I mean, I think that it's really frustrating that like. Um, the again, not to diminish the amazing work that people are doing by creating masks, by distributing masks, by by you know cutting up their clothing in order to to you know sacrificing their belongings to make these, but it's also like the lowest possible bar. It's kind yeah. of like that we're we're doing this because we were let down. Like we could be banding together to like you know, really do amazing things to like feed people and to create new infrastructures and like capitalize on all this stuff. But we have to do the bare effing minimum, which is create mass so we don't die. So that like, which we could have an abundance if anyone had thought ahead and written the correct checks and not been idiots in in government i mean yeah i find it really and then having you know because my wife jennifer uh you might have met her um she's uh she made masks for everyone and there was this interesting kind of like once word out word went out that jennifer was going to make masks for a few people suddenly we're getting all these text messages was like hey i heard you were making masks hey i heard you were doing that stuff and now it's like the burden on her like suddenly there's there's people's health is kind of like on on her, I don't know. It was yeah, a really that's a uncomfortable big fucking period. deal. That's a big deal. That yeah. the expectation I, that exactly that you will save now. us, you are you will keep yeah. me safe. Well, yeah. and it it I, I, it's nowhere near that level or the level that uh, Bridget dealt, dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Bridget, who is absolutely I, I, listening, and Bridget, thank yeah. you for the huge mm-hmm. amount yeah. of of generous, selfless giving that you have been doing. You are actively saving lives repeatedly. So we, again, like, we see you, we appreciate you, and we think the system is fucked up. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I I made some for us, just, like, for the household, and I was immediately, I mean, pretty much immediately, my mom was so, hey, what, uh, you're, you're making masks, huh? And I, and I, nope, I shot it down. I shot that <laughs> shit down immediately, and I haven't made any for anybody. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean for numerous reasons. But uh, and I, I feel guilty saying that right now, as if I had any of the the. I, I, there was no way I could make more masks for other people. It took me four days to remember how to use my sewing machine. That was not going to happen. But I mean, I'm still guilty that's about it. Use error, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, I haven't used it in four years. Four years. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, no, I agree, and I do see it everywhere, and it is. Um, it, it is just. What Un- what shocks deal. me about like, that's it how it feels to me. It's just is like, that oh, we're um, the country that used yeah. to during World War II. They put out eight aircrafts an hour. They built eight aircrafts an hour, and that was like the factory average. And that's insane. This is what we're doing instead. Uh, yeah, well, that that was a really good one. That was really good. <laughs> Let me see where we are on the timer. Thank you. Um, 
I, I don't know how long. Where nobody's was. feelings oh, got hurt. No, that was that was excellent. <laughs> that was excellent. Good job, everybody. Uh, we still I'm have another thirty seconds. So good job. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! We do really. We highly recommend you go back and watch Volume One because we're adorable. It is a <laughs> roller so coaster. <laughs> um, hold on. I was listening to it, and I'm texting mm. Candace, and I was like, "Oh boy." I have thought yeah, endlessly so about that, but we don't have to, yes. we don't, uh, about that, about uh, that episode. We don't need we to subtweet ourselves. No, we again. should save that conversation for when we're all finally hanging out and face to face again. And I'm probably drunk. I get drunk real fast. God, that I episode miss, of Chat Your is problematic. <laughs> no, but it's not on purpose. It's not on purpose. That episode is not problematic. Okay, 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 okay. Who's okay. next? Uh, Josh, you're next. Okay, well, I'm going to go... Excuse me. I'm going to go in entirely the other direction because that was all, like, important and socially relevant and deep. And I'm going to talk about uh, the problematic challenges that I have with RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I deeply love RuPaul's Drag Race. I have loved RuPaul for many, many years. Um, I love that this thing was created, which, you know, fun fact, RuPaul had very little to do with. Um, But I love that this thing was created, that it exists in the world, that it's exposed so many people that had no idea what drag, didn't even really know what gay culture was. And they've all been brought into it by, by drag and these people and like their unabashed uh, uh, the, their unabashed love for themselves and their culture and uh, their 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 sexuality and I just think it's an amazing thing that this exists uh, you know two stops on the dial away from NCIS like <laughs> this is an incredible thing uh, and the fact that it like RuPaul's Drag Race is now going into I think it's uh, it's 12th season is wrapping up tonight or either this Friday or next Friday. Uh, They've got Canada. They've got UK. They've got All-Stars 5. Like, if if you're into this world, like, this world has just exploded. It's created more drag queens than the world ever thought it needed. Who knew there were already this many? Here's the thing. (laughs) At the same time, like, RuPaul, the show has a pretty well-documented issue with discriminating against trans women. It also really has a very small and defined, limited opinion of what drag is. Um, And it does have the occasional moment of, the only word I can use to describe it is kind of like minstrelhood. And it's a, it can be extremely exploitative in its limitedness. So I think it's like an incredible thing and a beautiful thing. And the fact that it exists is great. Uh, but it, it really is, be, uh, if it was a small show that was enjoyed by a few people who really could appreciate what it was, it would be easy. But because it's exploded and become a phenomenon and crossed the world, it's really struggled, I think, to kind of carry that mantle on its shoulders. Uh, I still love it. I never miss it. And that's why I find RuPaul's Drag Race to be perfect television, but wildly problematic. Wow. Who wants to address <laughs> menstrualhood? Wait, first? what is menstrualhood? Like, what does that even I've, mean? I've Googled it because if I think. Well, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the I term of, I like, uh, the, the black minstrel shows. Like, minstrel. Okay. You're saying okay. minstrel. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing menstrel, like, oh. menstrual, like, period. And I was like. Well, so there oh, was, there's a RuPaul menstrual. drama about that, too. That's what there I'm There was a RuPaul yeah. drama about that. Is menstrual. There was a, what a, 
one of the queens dressed up as a maxi pad once, and they said it was distasteful. It and is she not. Was like, it was distasteful. Yeah, the, the producers said it was distasteful. It was like too. It was like too serious for them. Oh yes, um, yes. You know what's very serious? Dressing like a maxi pad. Very <laughs> serious. The, at the same time, this like celebration of really like aggressive femininity, which isn't tied to gender, is so fascinating, and just like constant gender fucking on the show. I think it, there's so much great stuff on it but yeah they hit some they they've made some interesting choices over time wow that was a lot of things i did not know yeah uh, (laughs) i really i was gonna spend like 15 minutes talking about periods so i'm really glad i'm not gonna do that because that's a different episode also that's not this episode I'm starting our, our five um, chit chat. Uh, oh, so <laughs> I thought you were what I thought you were saying was I'm, you were next going to talk about how periods are problematic, and I was like, "All right, for let's who? go." Yeah, the answer is about about this is such a worse. layered conversation. <laughs> Damn, that's a whole episode. Uh, sorry, Noodle, go ahead. You were going to say something, and I no, I, I was periods. I was still stuck on periods. <laughs> oh, so we're still on the same yeah, page then. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I, I want to hear more about the minstrelhood aspect of it. Um, well, there's an interesting, there's kind of a thing that they do on the show where they, they kind of walk the line between like celebrating uh, homosexuality or just kind of more like gayness um, and also kind of parodying it mm. or even kind of exploiting some aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, having the queens like um, work the streets is it was a common challenge in early years where they would just kind of have them dress up oh, in really aggressive out. drag, throw them out on the street, and then try to get yeah. strangers to like do uncomfortable things for money. Like yeah. it, it, it made for really entertaining television, but to kind of step back and kind of look at like the the things that that. A lot of a lot of drag came out of like street work and trying to like embrace and and um, I don't know turn a bad thing into a good thing uh, coming out of like working the streets. Then to have this TV show throw them back for entertainment always made felt a little off to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not necessarily empowering reclaiming sex work. It's just per- performative. Yeah, it it, it felt kind of exploitative, the the Mm -hmm. times that they would do that. Um, But, I mean, you can't deny that, like... Are we calling drag queen sex work? What's that? Wait, what did we just say? Are we calling drag sex work? No, but it kind of came... It it has a history of kind of coming out of sex work. Okay, okay, continue. Sorry. No, but I I, I I don't want to deny the the really incredible things that the show has accomplished by, like, you know, SNL did a sketch of a bunch of dock workers having, like, a lip-sync-for-your-life dance-off inspired by Drag Race, which is, like, you've really entered the zeitgeist when when things like that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just great freaking television to watch these amazing people put on amazing costumes and walk their asses off. So, you know. uh, no, is one of the things we talked about last time was that kind of the the theme of if it does more more good than harm. And that's that's how it's like. Yeah, I love this thing, and it's problematic. But mm-hmm. it seems like most of the things we love, well, they do more. That that's kind of part of the gauge of what makes something problematic. Right. Uh, so that that's interesting. Cause I never really. I, you know what's Drag Race really fell off my radar in the last so many years. Um, and I've been bummed out about it. And the only thing I can say that I I remember feeling like was was problematic about it when watching it uh, <laughs> is the. Oh, I thought you said was watching. It, yeah, it. No, when <laughs> watching. That's what I, 
<laughs> when I was watching, the pause uh, was, was in a strange just place. The extreme bitchiness, and the, and the, mm. it, it got worse and worse with every season, and it. You know, I gotta say, since I've discovered the Great British Baking Show, I don't understand why everyone can't be like that, and why every right. and and I, I understand there's a there's a um, kind of like a what's the word um, an apprentice style setting to the show where they are kind of throwing at you years and years of work in the drag scene in a season of supposedly you know competition and all these things, um, and you are it is fierce and you're supposed to be harshly judged and I understand that but it got to the point where it was just kind of unnecessary meanness and I was no mm. longer interested. That I mean, is problematic with a lot of competition shows. That's yeah not specific to Drag Race and with Drag Race like I I do feel they do kind of go after like shade and tea and all these things that like a cis white dude shouldn't say um, as, as being like really an essential part of the culture. And so I think in that way, like they are trying to incorporate aspects of the culture in it. But, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it also, I think one of the things thinking about, you know, what makes things problematic, when does something cross over from being just kind of a little thing to when it, crosses over from being just what it is to being something that's problematic is almost like size. It's kind of like when it was a small kind of punk rock thing on whatever out TV or logo or whatever. Yeah. It could be imperfect and nobody had a problem with it. Like Dragula is wildly imperfect, but nobody gives Dragula any crap because no one's watching that show. But, uh, it's like the horror version. Sorry. I'm deep in this. Uh, it's like the horror I'm deep version. In it. I'm 13 seconds. I'm friends. 13 yes. seconds. So once it explodes is when it really, takes on, you know, once it becomes that big. I am right, speechless right. at the phrase Dragula, but also want to hear more about that another time. Oh, another it's time, hard. For sure. It's tough to watch. Uh, <laughs> it's great, but it's tough to watch. <laughs> unsurprisingly, I have never watched wow. RuPaul's Drag Queen, so I don't know anything about it at all. You've never seen Drag Race? Oh, oh so sorry. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even say the name of the show right. Oh, yeah, I am I'm aware so of it peripherally, but have never seen it. I'm always um, surprised every time I see RuPaul just like hanging out being a regular person as opposed to in regalia <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I'm always jarred as opposed to in regalia I'm always like are you allowed to just like be out as a regular person so like, yes like you're allowed to just, you just wear pants you just like do that pants just, are like, fine the sometimes you're pants yeah, yeah. Also, still though, fuck pants. Let's not forget. Oh no, I mean, I, I, I'm not wearing <laughs> pants. Just that's the general fuck pants, fuck brassiers. All right, uh, I guess it's my turn. It's my turn. I'm gonna go with. <sighs> Here's my two minutes. Um, I'm going with the, the fact that I I have to accept that deep down, um, I love the fact that I'm a Gen Xer <laughs> so much that I'm basically fucking furious when I'm considered or called a millennial, uh, which is problematic for a few reasons. Uh, one, who the fuck cares? Two, why is it so like intertwined with my identity? Like some wherever some fucking patriarchal power structure so I could be cataloged and easily referenced places me. Why do I care? Uh, and just the complete effed up human necessity to group people together and then use that box to keep people in like society approved roles is so much serious matrix bullshit that I don't, it's a problem and it, it I can't, it, it doesn't stop. Generational warfare. It. <laughs> it is generational warfare. Mm, that's good. It is. It is. It is. It 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 really is. It is. Uh, is it the is it the need to be placed into the box I think I belong in? Because like I know I have to be in a box. So this is the box I choose. I don't know, man. Are 
it's very existential. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that pops up every now and then in my brain space. Like, but why do I care? Now, because I don't think about as, it unless I hear it, then I respond. As someone that's married to like a by the book, by the year Gen Xer, are you a Gen Xer? Yeah, I. You're yes. not. I'm a. I'm, I'm a millennial. Or are no, you just one in your heart? Oh shit! Here we go. No. So it's no. It's the low end of Gen Xer is it's like 1982. It's 1982, whatever. Now, some people will call you something else if you were born between that little pocket of like mm-hmm. 1980 and 1985. Uh, if you were born from 1982 to 1980, whatever, you know, it's like the very end of that time period is 1982, depending on who you are. I've done extensive. Yeah, that's so why do you care? I don't know. I mean, I think I, think I care because. It wasn't until someone made up the, came up with the term millennial that someone told me I was something else than what I already thought I was because the entire time we were growing up, that was already a thing. We'd already been labeled. And everything that is associated with that from a music perspective, from a fashion perspective, every American cultural thing that is a part of what I would consider like the threads of my fabric, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm going to say... It's tied to what is considered the Gen X generation. American culture. So for then someone to be like, no, you're something else entirely is like affronting. I don't like it. What'd you just say? I I said American culture, Disneyland freak show, which I also said in the last episode, so I feel really good about. And and I know that it's an Ob Ivy song this time. Nice. Uh, Now, do you want to be a Gen Xer or do you just not want to be called a millennial? Well, no, because I don't have, I don't, like, I, I'm not like, uh, ew, ew, not a millennial, gross. No, I don't feel that way at all. Um, I think it's also part of it is, do you remember, well, of course you do, all of the, like, I love the 80s, the MTV and VH1 commentary mm-hmm. shows, right? Um, and remember when they caught up with themselves? Yeah. And it was like, I love five minutes ago. <laughs> I feel like not today. I had come, gotten to a point in life where, like, I was pretty like comfortable with who I was and like knew who I was as a person. And then someone said, wait a second, we changed that because we decided five minutes ago is actually this. And it's not what we said it was five minutes ago. It's like when they tried to change the horoscopes, (laughs) which was a fail, (laughs) which was a, which didn't the the collective response to that was no. So I, I think, I think in general, I just, I find the whole system problematic so and the fact that I even care about it. Okay, so problematic. I don't even know if we want to get into this, but again, as married to a by the book definition Gen X. I mean, I can I don't pull it consider up. you culturally a Gen Xer at all. I don't see Why? any Gen X in you. I see how, wait, entirely, first of all, I don't understand how that's possible. No, because you 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 weren't afraid enough about the Cold War. Like you, you come from my generation of like Nirvana and like the nineties music, like Gen X was previous to that. Like they were coming out of, uh, 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 they were, they were coming out of the eighties. It was like the eighties hangover that was pulled into Gen X. Like we're some, we are that pocket in the middle. We are that thing that existed in between. I just, I just don't feel that. Way I don't think that's all. Gen X at all. It's like I didn't watch Reality Bites and see myself. I watched Reality Bites and saw no. the people who came up no. before me. I accept young Gen X, but I don't. But all you have to remember, I have younger siblings. I am thirty-seven years old. I have a sibling who is fifteen, or no, a sibling who just who will be eighteen this year. Mm-hmm. A sibling who is eighteen. I have an eighteen-year-old sibling and a thirty-year-old sibling. 
and a 30, how old am I? 32-year-old sibling. So they are millennials to me. They are a completely separate I'm not generation. saying you're a millennial. I'm not saying no, that No, I all. know. No, I'm saying, but maybe that's part of why my perspective is what it is, mm. because I'm looking behind me. Yes. At what I would, what is the millennial generation? Yeah, I feel and like Gen so X is removed from me. Yeah, I feel like the you're looking at Gen so X as removed. an aspirational thing. Well, no, it's not aspirational. To, well, it's, it's but it's who I thought I was until someone said I wasn't. One hundred percent who I thought I was. Now I was also raised by. I mean, much, I thought I was cool of, much until I realized people. it was aspirational. And maybe, maybe that was part of it too. I mean, I was raised by, yeah, I thought you were, I thought it was pretty rad uh, that you wanted to live by those, those principles. But I, I, no, I, 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 it just bothers me. It makes me really upset. It makes me upset that I care so much and I've, I've just accepted it that that's I do. Funny. And that's, that's how it is. But I think that's, yeah, I, I, we're off topic because, yeah, the problematic aspect of it is that you care, which that is I give kind a of, shit. Yeah, exactly. That, that it, it, like it matters. exists to begin with because yeah. the whole point of it is just to, to create a demographic to sell me socks <laughs> and like tacos. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. And you know what? You're going to buy those all. socks and you're going to eat those I, I tacos. I love tacos. Uh, <laughs> I, I am pretty solidly a millennial and feel real defensive about millennials when they decided that millennials were ruining everything. And I agree with, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I just, uh, but also I, I don't, never... I don't want to admit that I'm getting old. So call me Gen <laughs> Z. I don't care. Yeah. I'm 14. Leave me alone. I'm 14. Everything sucks. Yeah. I suck. The reason I don't consider, the reason I have a hard time saying that I would be a millennial, because I'm also kind of on the cusp, is right. that Cusp. to me, uh, like the definition of a millennial is the internet was never not in your life. Exactly. Like, and, and to me, right. the internet came in when I was in like seventh grade. And I believe that I, I was, I think that the end of Gen X is people who were born, I mean, I was born into an analog world, but raised into a digital world. And that's the end of that. And that, to me, for whatever cultural reason, whether it be like news in my face that I've absorbed my whole life, that feels like the end of Gen X to me. Mm. I mean, the I book Generation X came out in like what? Like 90? I, I mean, it, it, to say that it, like, the, once the book right, comes out, it's Right, but it was talking about something that was currently <laughs> happening. It wasn't talking about something that was over. The book Generation X came out in 91, so that means Gen X okay. was dead. That's <laughs> like not that. what it, that's Doug not Copeland what it means. Gen X did not end in 1991. <laughs> now that is pushing it. Uh, I'd also like to remark your statement on, um... Did you watch Reality Bites and see yourself, or did you watch Reality Bites and see people older than you? Yeah. Right. Uh, I just watched Reality Bites, and I thought, man, I need to have better clothes. <laughs> and Ethan Hawke. I was thinking about those dresses, like, the whole time. I was thinking a lot about Ethan Hawke. And those uh, chunky, chunky boots <laughs> with the ruffle mm-hmm. socks. Fuck off, not Gen X. Jen- Jennifer and I watched uh, Reality Bites because she's pretty much like the same age as the characters in that movie. And she said the whole time she just watched it going, why don't you just get a fucking job? Just These people get- are ridiculous. What is your- she was the same get reason why she hated rent. She's like, just pay your fucking rent. What is the problem? This is why we work, your wife and I. <laughs> This is why we work. Um, we can move on. We can go That's back a, yeah, to... Yeah, Noodle, uh, you're up. Noodle, this is I'm going to do another serious one, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Everything feels really serious. <laughs> it's it's delivery services. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're talking Yeah, the DoorDash, Grubhub, 
universe uh, on twofold. One being the huge amounts of money that they're gutting out of restaurants that are deeply struggling. Uh, and two being the expectation that people will bring us things and risk themselves so that we can stay home and be safe. Um, the idea of the essential delivery worker who is not necessarily being provided with the protective gear who has to be exposed to lots and lots and lots of different people um, because they're not getting paid enough money to stay home is a huge problem. It's so convenient to order food and know it's coming and not have to get into my car and not have to stand near other people and not have to touch anything and not have to worry about it. But I feel like an absolute fucking monster that somebody else has to do that for me. Um, I feel really, really guilty about it every single time. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that we order, but I, I feel like absolute shit. And as a result, I'm like throwing money at it. I'm like, oh, delivery guy, here is like way more money than I would normally tip you. Um, please stay safe, sir. Which also feels like super fucking hollow. If I'm like, hey, thanks, stay safe. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, I have 12 more deliveries. So um, it's a problem. I appreciate the fact that this service exists, but everything is so scary. It's I'm scared for these people all the time because and especially like even even one level up from like the DoorDash Grubhub is like the personal shoppers, the people that are going to the grocery stores for people. Yeah. And because they're going over and over again, their viral load exposure is so much higher. And that's where the people are going to get sick because it's not just like, oh, I saw a person, but like I saw 75 people and as a result, I'm exposed to it 75 times. And so my viral load is really high. And it's, it's, and I'm sorry to be such a downer about it. Like I was trying to think of things that were fun and I fucking can't. I couldn't think hey, of your anything. Time. <laughs> your time bumps. is up for well, starters. So then what, I guess I'm not understanding like, so Five what minutes. is the alt? Because to me, it's not problem. I'm not saying it's not problem. I wouldn't. I'm not dismissing your your assertions at all. I guess I'm just trying to understand the aspect of it that's problematic. Because to look at it from another way, like these are traditionally younger people. Um, they have the opportunity to to. They have the opportunity, and I'm certainly not. Th these companies are exploiting the shit yeah, out it, of them. It, so I'm not denying that at all. Uh, late stage capitalism sacrifice the you know the worker mentality because you yeah you have the opportunity to work and that's great mm -hmm. but you have the opportunity to work at like great personal risk but um, what's the but the opposite is like they are limiting the exposure to hundreds of hundreds yeah. of people no that, that's the thing like it it helps me a lot that they're doing it uh, well and it helps it like yeah. one one delivery person is ostensibly yeah. helping hundreds and hundreds of people I mean it's, it's PPE so, it's paid to, you know it's paid sick leave it's better health insurance did I mention so it's PPE? the companies themselves yes like the companies yes, are the it's, problematic it's not, it's not the delivery people it's, themselves no no it's not the delivery person themselves like, I mean like I am deeply appreciative of that delivery person no it's mm -hmm. It's the system that is not protecting the delivery person who is providing for the, like, health and safety of a million other people. It's the fact that there is no PPE. There's no, like, formula. Like, there's no standard of safety for them. Mm. It's a like, catch-as-catch-can. 
I feel like there's such an opportunity for some of these companies too. like if Grubhub were to come out and be like, every one of our people has a mask, everyone like we provided it. I like we gave it, yeah, every right. one of these people like they have such an opportunity to, to rise up and be like, yeah. we're the good we, we're taking care of our people. Yeah. And I really think that would like increase everyone's security and Absolutely. profit margins and everything. And instead they're doing exactly the opposite yeah. Yeah. and being like, they're all on their own and we're going to try them, try to pay them less yeah. in the process. And that's a fucking problem. I don't get it. Yeah. And yeah. interestingly, like Target, you know, Target is also having their uh, wage struggles and union battles, whatever. But Target is doing this thing right now and it's a really good PR move. And I talked about this uh, on my internet the other day, my internet, uh, <laughs> where internet. Target is saying, I built it myself. we're not taking any returns. Please donate it and we're going to refund your money. No questions asked. Donate. Um, that's fantastic. Yes. Uh, I did not know. I mean, I, I should have known, but it didn't occur to me that people aren't taking returns. Yeah. And uh, I, I find it, I think it's atrocious that they're not letting people know that. And for weeks now, especially since re- more retail stuff opened up, uh, you know, people have been buying things thinking they can return them and they're not able to return yep. them because there was no like warning beforehand. Yep. Um, so that's phenomenal that Target is doing that. And that's that's a good PR move right now. Like I, I, I recognize it as a very serious PR mm-hmm. move that they're like, please donate it. Uh, yeah, but I agree that this is an opportunity for companies to really step up and support the their workers, support their customers, and go above and beyond. And they're not just like across the board; they're not just across the board. Yeah, I mean everybody, not not even just them, the the delivery companies. Although I I don't know, did you get, did you see that thing about if you try to order through a restaurant directly? Grubhub is still charging them a fee if they're on with Grubhub, or maybe it wasn't Grubhub. It was a you know, one of those services. I did not. Um, so yeah, in general, I, it, is that just, the thing where the guy was like, "I made money buying my sixteen dollar pizza from DoorDash no for twenty four dollars so. or something." I don't know. No, no, there's this some was like a, tricky math. If it's someone who's like on, if if someone is partnered with Grubhub. Let's say I think it was Grubhub, um, and you call them directly instead of ordering through Grubhub to try and give everything directly to the local place. They still have to use Grubhub is still taking a portion of that order. That's fucked up because that order was placed on, while they're working with. I Grubhub. mean that that's what I understood. It. I could be wrong. Up. I'm not quoting that. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, but just in general, it feels like every day there's another reason that this thing that's in place that feels like it's a cool thing and it's part of the future and people are finding jobs and work and whatever. Uh, just kind of, you know, I hear another thing about it that makes it fucking suck. I mean, now, now <laughs> is the time for the drone delivery services to really be rolling out. But right. the problem is that's fucking Amazon also. And Amazon is another episode in and of itself. Amazon is an ep- Amazon, Amazon's episode. Amazon's like a two-part. Yeah. It's a whole episode. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's why I didn't say Amazon. I'm just talking about DoorDash mm-hmm. and Grubhub. Right. Because right. that's a different rat hole. Um, yeah, I did have a moment of like, I should put Amazon as one of my problematic things, but it would have immediately just been like, well, obviously, yeah, like everyone. Right. Yep, there, there uh, is no additional commentary yeah. required. You either know or right. you're in denial yeah. on Amazon. I don't think anyone right. doesn't recognize yeah. the challenges. So, so um, again, I appreciate <laughs> the people who are out there doing deliveries. You are doing good services, and it's not you that's problematic. It's hmm. the situation behind it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you. All right. Sorry. Josh, Josh, here we go. Here All we right. go. Um, so I don't know if this is going to be fun, but it's going to be funny. Okay. Here's my problematic thing. Buckle up, kids. It's dogs. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, hang on. Ride with me through this. Okay. Ride with me for a second. So here's the thing about dogs. I love dogs. I grew up with a dog named Ginger. She literally saved me when I wandered away from home and I was a baby and Ginger like picked me up and dragged me back. Ginger was the best German shepherd ever. I've never had a dog better than Ginger. Here's the thing, though. I'm so I'm I'm done with the like um, uh, we don't deserve dogs because you know what we do deserve dogs. We freaking invented dogs. Dogs don't occur naturally in nature. Okay, <laughs> we made this happen. We deserve dogs because we made dogs, and honestly, we should be proud of that. We should be a lot more excited about the fact that we did something great. We genetically created this little bundle of adorableness we freaking figured out how to make their eyebrows move so that we think they're paying attention and we managed to create the only animal that has empathy that's why when you point a dog will follow your finger a cat will not follow your finger well one because a cat's a fucker but two it's because dogs have empathy so dogs have set this bar for animals that nothing will ever top like you aren't you're gonna go up to an elephant and be like cool elephant but it ain't no dog and you're right but it's because we created the elephant we created the dog to be like that so that's one part of it (laughs) i'm gonna go one more thing about dogs here's the other thing about dogs your dogs are not your children so we created them right we created them to be just like us and to do what we want now we've called them fur babies and i know i live in los angeles where children are very expensive so i get it but Your dog is not your child, and I'll tell you why. You're not preparing your dog to go out into the world. You're not saving up for your dog's college education, and you're not having hard conversations with your dog about sexting, okay? Your dog is not your child. No, I love your dog. Your dog's great, but you're not your dog's dad. It's not parenthood, okay? It's just, it's your pet. He's like, he's a boarder, all right? You give him food, he gives you snuggles, and it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But stop coming to me and being like, I'm a parent. Where's my father's day? It's a freaking dog. Wait a second. First of all, time up. (laughs) That's number one. Oh my god! I'm gonna start the five minute. Wait, I'm not gonna start the five minutes yet. First, I'm gonna say you feel about you feel about dogs the way Noodle feels about shout the song shout. That's that's that. Now I'm gonna start the five minutes. Oh, I need to hear. That should have been your problematic. I want to know who's the person coming up to you and be like, "This is my child." Everybody does that. Everybody does that. Oh my god! I don't think we live in LA. What I think is so great about what you just said, Josh, is I was gonna put cats on mine. (laughs) (laughs) You're both horrible. I didn't because my cat was giving me a really like hurt look about it. Stink eye. (laughs) But not with his eyebrows because he don't care about my. He doesn't have empathy. He has. Self-absorption. He was like, "Don't say bad <laughs> things about me." No, I mean, I I agree with you. I think I think what you said is correct. You're hilarious. Uh, and you know what? I'm sorry. Bella can hear us. <laughs> no, she can't. She's sleeping. She's totally dreaming. <laughs> have you seen that? There's a meme going around that's like scientists have proven that cats can't give you COVID nineteen, but they would if they could. Yes. <laughs> Of course they would because they know that we deserve it. Uh, no, I mean I, I, all I mean, I completely agree with you, Josh. I think you're right. 
<laughs> You're right, though. We do. We do deserve dogs. Um, do. I think it's. I think that's correct. I also think you might get bitten by a wolf, like on policy. Like a wolf is just gonna be like, "Hey, did you hear a?" You hear no, the fucker? memo's already been sent. You hear what this fucker yeah. said about my cousin, yo? I'm gonna go fight yes. him. <laughs> yeah, she's sleeping, I mean, but you really, she's like much. sending a memo. <laughs> You guys know how much I love my cats. Sure. Like, so uh, this isn't a dog versus cat conversation. No. no. no it's, okay, no. cats are problematic. Too. <laughs> uh, but they're fully aware and embracing <laughs> that. <laughs> they're yeah, no, they're, they're problematic that. on purpose. Dogs they, can't help. They're like, we're problematic. Yeah. Humans are problematic. Bitch, yeah. get out of my house. I'll show you a border. Oh, um, I like gosh. them, yeah. but like, they're warm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just... I, that's a good. That's a good statement. It's a good time. I just, <laughs> that is a good one. I, I really don't have yeah. anything to say. I think, you go, right, I yeah. think that was pretty spot on, on accurate. Yeah, no, that was. <laughs> yeah. that was a good fun moment. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I feel good about that. Uh, all right, well then I'll go. Shit. <laughs> I tried to do something that was simple and it didn't work out. I tried to do the one that was like no big deal. Um, so I'm just going to move that to my my lightning round <laughs> category. So nothing needs to be discussed about it. I don't want to go with this, and I'm so mad at myself. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Cancel, cancel, cancel. It's not going to take me two minutes because I don't even want to talk about it because I love it so much, and the fact that I'm going to say it, and I'm already so upset. I'm not, it's not going to take two minutes. <laughs> uh, Riverdale-esque shows. Oh. Because of all the teenage sex. And here's why. Uh, not because there's anything wrong with teenage sex. I'm all for teenage sex. Uh, but are we uh, fetishizing children and underage to a point um, where it's ridiculous that, you know, we're shocked when, like, the neighbor next door likes your, your you know, 13-year-old girl in her itty-bitty, itty-bitty, you know, cheerleading uniform? Uh, it's, it's right next door to all of us uh, because everywhere, in every, every area, there's someone in every neighborhood who is, like, way too excited about KJ Appa's 20-whatever uh, abs pretending to be, like, 16 to 18-year-old abs. <laughs> um, and it's, like, it's, like, the kitty fetish porn by not actual kids SVU storyline that you get at least three times a season. Um, and it's mostly problematic because I'm this entire thought process makes me a little old lady, <laughs> and we're done. That's it. So is it is it the fetishization of teenagers? Is that what you're driving toward? It kind of is. It's it's the fact that these look. I love Riverdale. Okay, I lo- I have watched six episodes of Riverdale in the last thirty six hours. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. No, I love Riverdale. Uh, but this season, especially, you know, as they get older, as the characters get older, the show gets more racy. Um, and like, it's just like they just like they be having fuck houses. Like, there's just there's so much sex going Dude, on. Get caught up definitely. On no, you do. Is what the Archie Riverdale. comics were about. You do. Yes. They were. Like at a fundamental um, level. The yeah, Betty yeah. Archie Veronica like, triangle was about a fuck house. That's kids, what Sugar Sugar was about, right? Uh, <laughs> these kids are hot, okay? Like they're hot. The parents are hot. And they're at the, the malt shop. The show is ridiculous. It's absurd. There's like way too much. I don't even know what just happened. I think like there was a mercenary that came and then like he went to he had to try and kill Archie because Archie stepped in. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and everybody's naked and having sex and the clothes are way too good. They're way too good. All I want to do is wear heels because I've been watching the show. So are a bunch of teenagers. Would you say, Why is that the case? Would you say Riverdale is like... Because, I mean, Riverdale is really just the, the current iteration of what was the OC, what was before that uh, Dawson's Creek, what was before yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm not old enough to go further back. I think back. Riverdale is a um, little more uh, genre, but yeah. Same. Okay, so... Same situation. It's, uh, I mean, gotcha. it's a soap opera, but it's a genre soap opera, I would mm. say, because it is... I mean, it is a horror slash murder mystery slash graphic novel... Which is, again... Absurdity come to life. What Archie But it's also a soap opera with <laughs> children. I don't understand how that happened. That's such an odd... Oh, it's so all Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, so the guy who I would skin oh. and wear his... That is oh, a suit. That's also the a problem. Teal, the teal <laughs> neon light and the red fabric. So it's just great. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa was a middling TV writer who started writing for Archie because he was a big Archie nerd. And so he was just this well, whatever TV writer. And he goes to Archie and he's like, hey, your sales suck. Can I write some books for you? And they were like, sure. So he wrote like Archie meets the Predator. And then he got a job on Glee and he wrote Archie, Archie meets Glee. And then they were like, you know, go crazy. What do you got? He says Archie with zombies. So he wrote Archie with zombies. Within two or three years, he's the editor of Archie comics. And then he says, you know what I want to do? I want to pitch this as a TV show. And it became Riverdale. It was all that one dude took this, this failing comics, literal empire. I mean, admittedly, Archie had gay characters. I think, I think Archie had its first gay wedding, like 15 years ago in the comic books. Like they've always been surprisingly, uh, uh, progressive, but it's just that one dude who's always in a scarf and has just had an amazing life. He wrote Spider-Man, the musical. What an insane thing to do. This and this is why it's problematic for Josh. This is bullshit. <laughs> I love Archie Comics. I grew up reading Archie Comics. I owned roughly a hundred thousand of them. Wow. And so as a result, I Yeah, this I, is not I, your I take some issue with Riverdale. <laughs> Because uh, I was deeply invested in the nineteen fifties versions, the nineteen nineties rebirth, like all of them. And yeah. But what I did want to touch on is the statement that you've just made early in the statement um, about the fake kitty porn, about adults yeah. playing children and that being uh, pornographic. Yeah. And Acceptable. is that better yeah. or worse? I saw this play 10 years ago called The Ether about that same thing where you go into virtual reality. It's, it, it's about being in the ether in the virtual reality world of being able to have sex with children, but those children avatars are played by adults. And is right. that okay? Is that right, And also right, it had right, like right. a huge element of violence where you could like fuck a, a little kid and then murder it. Um, right. So it, sure. it, it was like a very upsetting yeah. play. But yeah. the question right. they're posing to the audience is like, <laughs> is this better because they're not really doing it? Right. Uh, the overall answer was, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's well. That's the thing. It's like I, I don't SBU's have a problem. Done that episode so many times. No, as, they have, and it's, and it's I, I give them the, the credit for it because SBU is fucking amazing, and, and it's a real problem. It's a real thing. I mean, there are production houses making porn with as many 18 year olds as they can find who look 12. Yeah, that's a real problem, and that's not what's happening on Riverdale. But you know, it's you talk about um, the. You know, when you have a culture built around selling sex and a culture around selling children, uh, does it matter if they're not actually children? And like, look, these kids, again, they're hot. They're hot. It's not as weird now because, you know, they're older. But it's, 
it's it's weird. It's weird that we're all watching it. There's nothing wrong with teenagers having sex. Again, have sex, be safe, do your thing, uh, explore. Have but fun. only have if sex you with got a other teenagers because your mom was just like <laughs> was uh, is was taken away by some cult and like you got she's not home, so everyone's just screwing. Go ahead, that's fine. But should we be watching that? <laughs> I don't know, and then I and I am. I'm like I'm an old I'm an old lady. I, mean, it sounds, I don't know. Yes, I think fifteen year old me is like right. you fucking grandma. Shut up. Are those up. on Netflix? Because like is, I got they are. I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, right. Uh, that so should go on uh, Tickle Talk. That? <laughs> that is C Tickle Talk. Chacharo. Call back. Oh boy. Uh, so that's uh, that's it. And needless to say, we'll be done with season four of Riverdale in uh, <laughs> a day, day and a half tops. Probably just a day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that is everybody, right? That's yeah, everyone's two. We're going to do yep. a quick lightning round, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're just going to uh, bam, bam, bam. We're going to start with Noodle. Give me a, give me a topic. St. Ives face scrub. Oh, that's right. Jeff. Because uh, I did uh-huh. most of my thinking while I was in the shower, and I was actively washing my face with a St. Ives face scrub, and I was like, oh, I'm exfoliating. This is so great. And I remember my esthetician just be like, nah, dude, this is bad for you. You're just ripping open your face and they're pretending that that's good and it is not. Ooh, but wow. you know what? Brand new look. <laughs> right, right, brand new. Hey, it's a new, new quarantine, new you. Uh, Josh. Uh, okay, um, I'm going to say dissing Scientology. Uh, we've all gotten really comfortable just scoffing at Scientology. And if you were to, if somebody were to walk, or if you were to say, yeah, that person's a Scientologist and everybody laughs at them and there's like no hesitation there. But if you were to say, oh, they're Jewish, no one would laugh at them. And uh, I find it really fascinating that it's like perfectly socially acceptable to, quite frankly, be prejudiced against, to judge uh, one group. against this group. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Unexpected. Unexpected. I see. I feel pretty equally about all religion, so I, I, I don't. T- but you wouldn't. That. But if somebody said I went to church, you would not openly scoff that. Person. No, I wouldn't scoff at anybody. I wouldn't mm. scoff at anybody. I, I that I said they went to. Would not compare Scientology and think. Judaism. I mean, I would not. Compare. I'm not. I'm not comparing them. I'm simply saying they are both they ideologies. Are both, they are both recognized. Religions. I'm not Re- saying the race of Judaism. I'm saying or the race of Jewish. Uh, I'm saying the belief system. You know, like it's, it's you, people scoff at uh, Catholics all the time. You do. People do scoff at Catholics all the time. I think there's I a think. punching up, punching down aspect to it. Punching up. That made me think about bread. Yeah. <laughs> I. I think. Uh, I. Scientology being a culture of a lot of money behind it and not a more lot. money than the Catholic no, Church? I, no, 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 no. I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh, I, I, I don't mean Catholicism when I'm talking about punching up and punching down. I'm talking about Judaism. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's I, I understand what your oh, point no. is. I just, I, I disagree uh, with the idea of Scientology as a protected class. Oh, and I dropped all my headphones. So. I'm very uh, excited. I dropped all of my headphones. Yeah, all at once. And just shock and horror. At uh, that you statement. know what? If if this just to nicely round this 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 round out, because uh, I've got more, but I'll just say Easter. That's on my list. Just in general, fucking Easter. <laughs> so. I'm surprised you're not like Earth goddessing at us because of your greenhouse. No. Uh, well, no, Easter is not the like spring solstice. 
Easter. Yeah, the spring solstice. Easter is, is something fucking else. something See, else. See, because I think Easter, of Easter as the spring solstice. No, the spring Easter is Easter the is, is yeah, the day zombie the Jesus walked the earth, <laughs> sure. and everyone needs to <laughs> you know okay. yep. remember that that's why we hang out and eat ham. We just ate ham three months ago <laughs> for starters. So you're saying we're Number not one. celebrating bunnies. No bunny. No, but that's the problem is I, I, listen, I have little bunnies that I put out every Easter because I, I try, I mean, I do, I do put out like the spring stuff. Like I don't, I don't have a bunny, like the, I don't have an Easter bunny. Like I don't have an Easter bunny cardboard thing. I put out spring stuff if I decorate. Um, but I, you know, I love a good fucking Easter basket. I do. I love a hollow chocolate bunny and it pisses me off because it's bullshit. I mean, we had Easter baskets as our wedding favors, so I, I hear you. That's, I love a good Easter yeah. basket. Are you Easter baskets, my mom, I mean the Easter bunny. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Make uh, the best Easter baskets. I had the best Easter baskets. And I love grass. I love the Easter grass. I know it's annoying. That's why I like it. Next, lightning round. Noodle, go. That's it. I'm out. I don't <laughs> That's have it? Josh, I anymore. Uh, I had uh, vinyl collecting. It's not problematic to me, but it's problematic to my wife. Uh, I have uh, the remix to Ignition by R. Kelly because I can't help but sing it and, and, <laughs> and dance every fucking time, even though he is who he is. He can't help is it. It's been in my head for three days. <laughs> three days. I've been <laughs> jamming like this. <laughs> Real slow. Like I'm something. Like you're uh, remixing that, the, an ignition. I'm remixing. Yeah, actually, re- that's just me trying to start. The most problematic <laughs> part of the remix to Ignition is how the actual song Ignition is terrible and right. sounds nothing like no, the remix. It's not. It's a whole it's, other song. Yeah. We sh- I mean, we should have known then, though, right? <laughs> Guys, this makes no sense. Something wrong. <laughs> Mixed to nothing. Uh, I think that was pretty good. I think that was a solid, uh, a solid lot of things to add to our list of stuff we can't talk about next time. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's gonna be really hard. It we are gonna literally everything we care about is a no, problem. No, that's the thing. Yeah. Literally everything. I mean, if you if you deal with the the structure of society, which has been woven and maybe can never be unwoven, so this is what it is, and it can't be undone. Uh, everything can be traced back to being problematic. So you screwed. Read your favorite book. Eat your favorite. Eat your favorite candy. Whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, we're gonna try to round out this problematic episode with uh, political. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I could. Let's get problematic. I could have said uh-huh. Joe Biden, um, but I didn't. That was- uh, because again, that's another conversation. What I am going to talk about with Political Minute is protecting vote by mail. Um, there is a giant push right now to essentially make the entire 2020 election. Uh, vote by mail because the health risks of going to vote in person in November potentially are enormous. And um, if you have to choose between getting sick and voting, nobody is going to be picking voting. So Pelosi is making a huge effort to essentially like virus proof this election. Uh, and Trump, etc., are making a huge effort to suppress vote by mail, which is stupid um, because fuck you, voting is literally the only thing that democracy is about. Like, fuck everything else. Voting is the core of democracy, and the fact that they are so flagrantly trying to suppress it, uh, especially today when he, like, sent out a bunch of, like, fuck you, Nevada and Michigan. Maybe it was Wisconsin. I don't remember. And us. Yeah. Well, that was the and other being day. like, we hey, guys, you can't do that. You can't invite people to be absentee <laughs> voters. Like, yeah, you can, you dickbag. Yeah, and then um, he edited the tweet. Yeah, it's just stupid. Um, so... 
I'd like to encourage everybody to be a vote by mail voter, um, which makes me really sad because I like voting in person. It's kind of my favorite thing that I get to do. But I'm going to vote by mail um, for sure this round, maybe forever, because uh, voting is the most important thing that you can do to have your voice be heard. Um, And part of that vote by mail messaging means we have to save our post office because the post office is also under a huge attack by the federal government. So if you're able to go and buy some stamps, because that is a way to fund the post office personally without them being so dependent on the federal government that um, they're trying to renegotiate a bunch of like bullshit aid packages. Yeah, they get so much. So uh, they're. I think they said it was what if everyone buys one sheet of like eleven, yep. the eleven or twenty, twenty m. You can Sam sheets. You could save the post office with like no effort. So yeah, everyone buys one. Uh, yeah. I'd like to encourage you and everybody you know to buy to buy a sheet of stamp, a sheet of stamps. And they have. have um, I, I did this actually. So did we. Uh, they have spooky Halloween stamps. They do. Uh, and they also have Marvin Gaye stamps. I, was very, I got two sheets of Marvin they Gaye stamps. They have John, uh, the guy, John Oliver as the puppet guy. John <laughs> Oliver as a furry stamps right now. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, No, they have some great ones. I didn't order any yet because I had to buy a bunch for work. So I I just bought a bunch for work. Um, But, and you can, they have, um, they've already got like holiday ones that are on the website. You can order now. You can pre order now if you are someone who sends Christmas cards. Just maybe buy your stamps now instead of waiting until later. Buy three sets of stamps and be good for the next (laughs) five years and help the post office. But like buy some stamps, Mm -hmm. send, send a card. Send a card to you. Yeah, send if you you have silly stuff laying around. I'll say my family is big on just like sending stuff in the mail, which I love getting stuff in the mail. Uh, my crazy cousin Lori sends like random envelopes filled with stickers and stuff and <laughs> scraps of paper because she knows I like paper. So you know, buy some stamps, send send somebody some love. Uh, Don't send an envelope filled with confetti. It's me. Yeah, feel free to tell your cousin Lori that she got extra stickers that she she wants to send them my mm. way. You know, who really likes stickers is the baby. I have some stickers. I want all your stickers. stickers. Especially if they're owls. Yes, owls. Especially if they're owl stickers. Or dump trucks. Owls and dump trucks. Uh, Oh, he's expanded. Yes, big into the trucks right now. And also cop car. Cop car. And don't get me started on on his use of the word placemat. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I love placemats so does Revel uh, he uh, ha- he no I'm longer saying. eats dinner he just has a bamboo placemat that he rolls and unrolls and rolls and unrolls and he drops and he goes pick up oh Please? I'm gonna hang out with that kid I can't wait uh, I got bamboo placemats that yeah. roll up he, he wants your placemats and your stickers mm-hmm. and your he owls can have them. Yeah. he can totally have them that's so cute. Guys, this was fun. Yeah. This is a much <laughs> hey. less contentious episode. This was less contentious. This was less... Uh, I mean, I only got a little sweaty. Nah. Only a little bit when, when talking about the uh, Gen X stuff. Uh, <laughs> we'd like my, to have you on. My fans are all off. I'm very sweaty. I am so hot I right just, now. I You know what? I'm going to dine out on the dogs forever. I feel real good about it. <laughs> uh, uh, we have to promote. This was fun. I don't think we have really anything. Josh, you got anything to promote? Any anything? You know, on? I'm on Instagram at Josh Burnell, B-U-R-N-E-L-L, where you can see me posting, oh my gosh, pictures of Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and uh, telling stories. About your hair cream. Freaking Adorable black cats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Try, you know, trying to be fun. I'm, uh, I'm pushing books on my baby, which is pictures of my baby reading books which he likes to do a lot. 
Uh, now with more owl content. <laughs> now with more owls. <laughs> Just what you were looking for. Uh, I'm pushing. Uh, I'm pushing short story, science fiction, and Celadus on CandyPresents.com. That is still up. It is how long excellent. Be so if you have not read it yet, read it thank now. You. It's so good. Um, and I think I think that's it. Uh, stay stay happy. Let us know uh, stuff that you got going on in your life that you love and you have to have all the time, especially now maybe because you're all up your home's ass. <laughs> and uh, maybe it's problematic and you don't care because you're stuck at home and no one's fucking watching. Let us know what's going on. Uh, you can DM us on Instagram. You can send messages to candypresents.com and uh, find us just wherever. I think that's it, guys. Yep. I'm, Josh, I'm Andy. thanks for coming. Josh. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. Always. This is a pleasure. Noodle I'm Noodle. Looks super rad. Yay. See you guys <laughs> later. Bye. Bye. Oh, I just hung up on everybody. Did I? No.